0: It's the Morning Marketing Machine, here to grow your e-commerce business with proven marketing strategies and tactics, so you can run your business with machine-like precision. My name is Douglas Levin, let's dive in. So welcome everyone to Morning Marketing Machine, and I have a very special guest today. Um, So... I was actually networking, and I came across this guy, and he was really interesting, and he's got a lot going on. So I figured, hey, let, let's talk some, some over here. So uh, Justin Ortel has been a business consultant for the past decade, working mainly in the wine industry. Uh, over the past year, past three years, uh, he began helping brick and mortar stores transition to e-commerce. Um, last year, he took a business that was running about 6k a year online, mm-hmm. and over eight months, transitioned to uh, over, what, 250 grand, um, So he loves helping people, and that is what has kept him going over the past few years. So uh, welcome to the show, Justin.
1: Thank you. I look forward to talking with you.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, hearing all, everything you got to say here. And um, for the people that don't know about you, I know you're, you're becoming a lot more popular in the space now, but uh, for people that don't know, if you can let them know how you got started in e-commerce.
1: So, so I've been selling on Amazon for the past four years now. Um, Amazon was like my, my starting point. I like, I, I have a mentorship program where I, I teach Amazon sellers as well. Um, my big push is people not to sell in one channel. I'm much more into the, you, you need to have multiple sales channels to, to grow your business to scale. Um, and you shouldn't be focusing on Amazon. Amazon should be a sales channel and that's it. Um, so I've been doing that for years now and, and kind of been pushing that. I know there's a few million ways to sell on Amazon and different strategies and everything. But so that, that's my big push is to, to have those multiple sales channels where you can control your customers and stuff like that. Um, and that was my big, big start. You know, I, I started in brick and mortar as a business consultant and having my customer base and being able to engage with my customer base has always been huge. So, you know, that's I brought that same kind of thinking into e-commerce and just tweaked strategies and went that route. Um, and that's how I found myself here now.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, so if you started, like you were talking about the idea of, a, of, of being in brick and mortar. So what hel- um, What was the impetus for you to kind of say, I'm gonna start to do this in e-commerce?
1: So, so I watched, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm an analytical guy. Um, so I was watching business analytics and business analytics and, and the stores that were, were starting to creep up were, were e-commerce. Um, and the, the wine industry is not a very strong industry for e-commerce right now, um, Even even now in 2021. Um, it's a it's a struggling struggling spot um, but I was watching all these stories you know that the big names Nike adidas everybody's shifting that way um, and taking more more market share in, in the e-commerce world so I, I did the same same shift for mom and pops and um, you know mainly wineries here in here in New York and and we started to make those those kind of shifts as well
0: so so obviously like like I know we've talked um, previously and you're, you're really great in terms of the marketing aspects. Uh, how did, uh, how did you end up taking those brick and mortar stores? Like, cause obviously you had a history with them and then you kind of crossed over to e-commerce and you've helped them and you've helped other, other people as well. Um, uh, where did you learn in terms of the marketing and and like the principles that have been able to, uh, apply for brick and mortar and for, then also for your own companies as you're going into the e-commerce.
1: So, so I, I've, I've tried taking a couple of courses here and there. Um, I don't have any like real big formal marketing background. Mm-hmm. Um, mine was a lot about learning on the go and, and being it. I'm at, from a mind, mindset perspective, I'm, I'm really big about failing fast, learning and implementing something new. It's um, the best way I've found to learn. You have to be willing to take the risk to fail. But when, when you learn from it and take those steps forward, um, is, is what I've found to be the best way. Um, you, can, you can sit back and, you know, if you're in, in an MBA program or a business program in college or anything, they're great for knowledge bases, but you need to learn and you need to be able to take those kind of risks and understand what those risks mean in your long-term. Um, but social media has been my, my saving grace in my brick and mortar stores, being able to build a, uh, both a, a Facebook following as well as an email leads generation kind of following where I can, I can network that way. Uh, no matter what, what happens, it gives me multiple channels to just like I have multiple channels to sell, sell through. I want multiple channels to be able to reach out to you as well.
0: Hmm. So uh, obviously you, you just talked about the idea of like failing fast and anyone who's been in any business for any period of time knows that it's never going to work out exactly like you think, especially at the beginning. Um, so, so what goes into your, your thought process when um, obviously you, you arrived at the idea idea now of failing fast, but um, uh, I assume beforehand when you get those, those struggles, it's, it's a little harder to get through. So like, what has helped you to get to that level of like, all right, now I just want to, I want the data. I want to, I want to make decisions based off of um, what it tells me. So, so what has helped you to get to that level?
1: Yeah. So like I said, I've, I've always been big on analytics. Um, And I also am not afraid to look at what the largest company in the, in the space is doing and and try to emulate it. Um, You know, the, the winery I'm running right now, we, we, we do like 11,000 cases a year. So about 22,000 gallons of wine. I've, I've worked at wineries that do upwards of a million gallons a year. Um, but our processes are identical because, because I, I emulate the, the the top guys. And that's why I'm able to bring the small guys up so quick is because I get them into that mindset where, you know, and it's the same in the econ space. I, I watched what the, the top Amazon sellers were doing and then tried to formulate a way to do what they were doing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um you know, obviously, I, I'm not telling you to go copy somebody else's <laughs> business, but but look at the processes they're using. Look at what the the similarities are between their products, and buy their product, and figure out what kind of post product marketing are they doing. Um, you know, watch their funnels, watch Facebook ads. Go on Facebook and see if they have a Facebook page, and then see if they're running Facebook ads to it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, there, there's lots of ways that you can follow a business very little money i mean go spend 50 bucks on a product to see what kind of follow-up funnel they have and if you end up buying a second product based on that follow-up funnel you might want to pay attention to what they did because they just talked you into it and you weren't even looking to buy something else um you know there's there's lots of ways to do that and kind of follow that path to get more more that data that that you don't have to do on your own you don't have to fail on a follow-up funnel, up to a million times, you can watch what the top ten guys are doing and, and figure out what works for you.
0: So, so also um, like we focus more uh, um, on here, like in e-commerce, more than just Amazon. And yeah. obviously, both of us have been on Amazon for a while. But um, for people that are like they're looking to get started, maybe they're on Amazon, they're looking to get off, or maybe they're they're like, hey, I want to get started with e-commerce in general. Um, uh, what would be like the 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 number one thing that you would tell them to do in terms of on if they're looking to start with the e-commerce side.
1: My, my my biggest thing, like like the people I've seen have the most success in the beginning are people who build their Facebook page first.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and and, and one, as, like, as soon as you figure out what you're going to start selling, like, like the idea of what you're going to start selling, start posting about it on Facebook. Um, invite all your friends, tell them to invite all their friends and then start just producing content over and over and over and over, and over again. Um, we just did that with a with a launch of one of my students, and, and they they started their Facebook page about three months ago and just launched. But they they launched with an email list of like 400 people
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, based on just driving traffic to a landing page off of their Facebook page. Um, fantastic! <laughs> um, that was 400 people I could email about a launch without paying any advertising fees. Um, so th- those are like leveraging social media and leveraging social contact is huge um getting out there and you know don't be afraid to talk to people um like they they're they're a relationship game so we went into relationship groups and we talked and we talked to the admins about it and then got permission to post about what what our company was doing because then we were able to target our our market with once again no money um just nothing um so, so there are ways to kind of bootstrap it along that that really are super super successful
0: and and one of the things that you said that i i don't want people to kind of gloss over is that you said that um uh they started with their facebook page and then it took three months right and and right. In all reality like three months is pretty short so yeah it was one of the shortest times i've got but they
1: were they were so willing to take what i told them but like because i told them up front growing your facebook page can be extremely beneficial in like not just your first product launch, but every product launch that you do
2: um,
1: after you do that first one, you have those email lists, you can email them again um, and and keep them engaged in your content and everything. And and so they came to me and they're like, what about Facebook groups? I'm like, well, don't just go out launching stuff into Facebook groups, join a Facebook group, find out who the admins are, and then talk to them. And and then, you know, if they say, yeah, go ahead and push content, you're you're good to go. Um, Which made it so we could, and we weren't just, I and mean, we don't just push sales content. We push, you know, content about building relationships and, and stuff like that. Where we're not selling every post, but we're we're, we're providing content and value for people, um, especially for our our target market. And that's how we were able to grow that Facebook page so quick.
0: Yeah, I think that's the one thing that a lot of people, if they're say coming from the Amazon side or just into e-commerce in general, they don't kind of understand that idea the, like. But I I think Gary Vee is the one that makes popularize it with the what um jab jab right hook kind of strategy right where where it is really you need to give them value, you need to give them content and not just keep keep pushing your product all the time because i mean that's on amazon it's oh yeah sale 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 that's all they care about because it's not your customer but when you're dealing with with anything with e-commerce you you want to own that customer and you actually have to have a a relationship where you're providing value so yeah definitely what you're saying there yeah
1: the more value you can provide them, the longer their lifetime value is going to be to your company. Um, you you shouldn't just be looking at one one and done customers. Um, you know, if you're looking to build a brand around, you know, whether it's relationships or health or uh, you know financial stuff, it's really easy to get those guys to buy over and over and over again. Different things leading up your value ladder.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, obviously, you've talked about your your um, the wine background here, so. Um, one of the things I do want to ask is obviously we kind of focus a lot on marketing, but, um, uh, what's the part of the business that you love the most?
1: Uh, being able to talk to people, um, that, that's, I'm super social and honestly, as social as I am, I was terrified to be in front of cameras, um, <laughs> podcast, cameras, anything where I had to talk, like I could type to somebody all day long. <laughs> um, so this is all new to me, um, but I, I've gotten a lot more comfortable in it over time, but if you're social, just talk to people. <laughs> like, like, like getting out and talking to people and, and being able to, you know, my, my winery, I don't really solve problems, but I make people happy. Mm-hmm. Um, people love our wine, makes them happy. So, so I, I get gratification there. Um, other, other programs I run, you know, we help people in Amazon. I, I, I get to see people's lives change um, and, and get to be part of it, it's fantastic. Um, I won't say everybody succeeds, but the people that really buy in and and go after it, it, it's great working with them Um, just because I do get to see that long-term stuff. And that's, that's why I I don't do like the big group trainings or anything like that is because I like working one-on-one because that's where, you know, I get to follow your, your system all the way through and kind of help you figure out where you're, where you are and what you're doing. And you know, we, we try to build, build a brand around and I get to, I get to be part of that and I get to you know, my wife tells me, you know, I, I know people from all over and like anywhere, anytime we travel, I run into people I know. And she's like, you just talk to everybody. She's like, I, I've given up taking you somewhere where you're not going to know people, but, but that's helped me build everything just by being social. It's not hard. You know, it, it might be hard for, for an introvert to get out there and talk, but stay behind your keyboard in the beginning.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Build up your confidence that way where you don't have to be front facing and don't have to be, you know, on on a, on a screen or anything like that.
0: Yeah. And, and that's one of the things that I guess is in some ways is a benefit of how the virus has been is that everyone's at home. So, um, like we're talking here through zoom, right. And, um, you, you don't really see in-person conferences right now. So, um, you can still build up, um, at home, like on, like at your desk or something like that. Um, and it's going to give you more confidence as you're kind of going through stuff.
1: Yeah. and That's the problem is like, I still see a, a huge negative stigma around e-commerce and making money online and that kind of stuff. But the people that are saying that they're going to get left behind um, at some point in time. It's there is a huge, huge shift coming, and I, and I believe it will be within the next decade where you're going to see the majority of money made electronically, um, whether it's e-commerce or you know online sales, I, door-to-door sales. I think is dying um you're, you're seeing the end of like brick and mortar malls um especially here in the northeast you're, you're starting to see a lot of the signs of the shift where you know so much more is going online and there's so many more ways to make money online and 20 years ago anything online was was deemed a scam like like if you tried talking to people about making money online 20 years ago it's, people laughed at you um and I, I still see some of that stigma like when i talk to people and whatnot and, it's it's something that people will have to cross at some point in time. Um, just making that that shift to get there is is going to take time and going to take some breaking of the molds.
0: And obviously, where you're coming from, where you deal with a lot of brick and mortar stores in whether the wine industry or or I know you said you said you had a history with it as well. Like, um, are they just not like like I I, was, I come from e-commerce, so I've always been of that mindset of hey, it's the future. Hey, especially when the virus hit and Amazon and, and other e-commerce channels couldn't handle the traffic. Right. Um, so, so how, like, if, if, if I want to understand, like, how are brick and mortar uh, store people, um, like, like if they're so far behind, like, w- what's their thought process now that they're not really able to make that transition? The, the,
1: so so what I found is, is, one, they need the instant gratification of money up front. just mm-hmm. done, done and over with. Having to, like, with the wine industry, we we ran broke break even front-end funnels for our most successful guys where we're, we're, we're retaining like 82 percent of our one-time buyers into repeat customers
2: mm-hmm.
1: so I don't care about breaking even on the front um, and that comes from an e-commerce mindset
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, a lot of these guys brick and-mortar guys have, have been open for 60 70 years and they just haven't changed this it gets handed down from you know grandparent to the parents to the now to the kids and, and the ones that are getting down to the kid's age, some of those are the ones that I've been able to break and be like, look, we need to, we need to shift. But the, the older generations haven't been so far because, because that's how they've always done things. And that, that was the social norm for them. So breaking into e-commerce has been much harder there for those guys. And, and then understanding lifetime value and you know, being able to re- retain customers and being able to, to upsell customers on, on multiple products online um has has been difficult for for a lot of those guys to see
0: well and and one of the things that you kind of brought up you brought it up a couple times obviously like you brought it up now with brick and mortar and you brought it up with how you like to um kind of attack things where you say like fail fast and and you're also trying to get out there and and network more um there there are so many people out there like i'd say it's probably the norm where people are resistant to change or they're um uh well this is how it's always been so this is how it's going to be or or like the idea of, of trying to I don't, I don't know if you would say improve yourself, but but grow. Um, uh, so obviously, this is something that it seems like is an entrenched part of, of your life and philosophy. Um, but it's it's not always successful when you start. So like, what helps you in those situations? And 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 do you think helps people in general when they're in those situations and it's it's not successful at for at first or they're struggling to even think about well, um, uh, I I'm, why am I going to make that change? Like, what helps? you in that situation so you can kind of, um, keep at it when it doesn't work immediately?
1: I would say like, what helped me was just that, like, like I said, analytics. I, I've always believed that I can, if, if somebody can do it, I can do it too. Um, that, that's, you know, I was, I was a D1 baseball player. Um, and I came from a super small school. So, you know, getting, getting into baseball was huge for me you know, it's not something that I typically would be able to do coming out of a small school. And then I got hurt. That ended that, but um, you know, so I started super young thinking anything I, I could do anything. And and that was kind of the mindset I had. Um and yeah, I failed at things, I failed at multiple things growing up. But the 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 fact that I was able to keep because I knew I like like internally I knew I could figure it out. Um and that's what's kept me going. And it's one of the things that I tend to teach is you gotta have a mindset where you can take failure um if you can't take failure it doesn't matter how much you're going to strategize um how good your strategy is because there's always going to be roadblocks and and the people that don't have that kind of mindset that they're going to fail at some point in time um, along their their uh their their path to success that once they fail they quit um and i've I just I, I don't know how to quit um I just never have so um you can take that as a, a pro or a con, you know, whether you're talking me in business or me when I'm arguing with my wife. But, um, <laughs> you know, but but yeah, it's it's the mindset of being able to to move forward and 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 take take some beatings and, and and take you know some some knockdowns along along that path, and you got to be ready for that. So if you go in thinking you're going to make a million dollars this month, and and you don't, and you make a hundred you got to figure out is that a winner or a loss that's a that's hundred dollars that you didn't do before
2: right.
1: um so i am I'm, I'm really big at setting both my my long-term big goal but setting setting small goals to hit along the way just because it keeps your mindset up and keeps you a little bit motivated to, to hit those realistic goals quick mm-hmm. and move forward that way yeah. yeah yeah
0: that's definitely a great way to look at it too and um we talked to uh, i guess a little bit last time we we, we spoke you, you talked about the kind of the relationship between um between mindset and actually like strategy and tactics i know that that that's something i wanted to talk about a little bit as well because um I, I know when we talked about it and you hear people a lot of times online they they talk about mindset and that's the end all be all and, and yes i i do believe that that if you don't have mindset it's not going to work but but um, it, obviously, there's the relationship between mindset and strategy as well. If you can talk a little bit about your thoughts on that, too.
1: Yeah, so I, especially over the last couple of months, I've seen people pushing the whole you need mindset, you know, strategy doesn't mean all that much. Um, if you have the mindset, you're going to be successful. And that's kind of true to a point. You, you might have some success. Um, but the, the best way I've found to to put it is is the mindset's through glasses. It, it lets you see. Um and then strategy is your map that you're looking at to get from point A to point B. Uh, now, with mindset, you might stumble upon some success. Um, but if you put that strategy with that mindset, you're really, you're going to be able to, to, to follow your map, hit the roadblocks, and then look at your map and find ways around it um, and build strategy around those roadblocks. Um, and even sometimes being able to see the roadblocks before they hit Um as as you get better and better stri- uh, strategically uh, so both mindset and strategy play play vital roles i just don't buy into this whole mindset as the the, the be-all um that I'm, I'm seeing some coaches push lately
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so um obviously if you're talking about the idea of strategy is it, is it like what what kind of strategy like, like when you're trying to look at it from the perspective of someone who's starting and they're dealing with, with, hopefully they're, they're trying to get a better mindset than they've had in the past. Um, like what, um, are, is it books that have helped you? Is it, um, just the networking side of things? What has helped you in terms of figuring out that strategy that can go with that mindset? So,
1: so I mean, I, have read, I read a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think I 63 books last year.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so, you know, I, I try to do a book a week or so and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, dichotomy of leadership and extreme ownership by uh i'm gonna forget who wrote it
0: now um was that the uh the two military guys from like yeah they're military guys uh, uh late, what was the guy's name yeah I, I don't i don't remember of course we'll know who, do you know. ever wrote
1: those books that they're great books about taking yeah. ownership of what you do um and and kind of like i i took a hold of that i, I read those last year and, and both in my consulting world and the businesses i run I watched my staff start buying into into things a lot more because I was like a hundred percent in any any decision I made, I own, um, if it failed, it was my fault. It wasn't my staff's fault, it was my fault. Um, so, and, and that kind of trickled down between my, my upper staff and, and everything now where if, if they make a decision, they own that decision. Um, and I, I give them the power to make those decisions as long as they own them. Um, and failure doesn't mean you're in trouble. <laughs> Um, in our in our business anymore. Failure means that hey, let's let's look at this, figure out what went wrong, figure out how we're going to fix it, and figure out how we're going to make sure it doesn't happen again. Um, and and we move forward. Um, and 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 that kind of leadership and ownership of 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 our our issues now has made it so one my staff isn't afraid to take chances, um, which you to be the best business you're going to have to take chances. You're going to have to think outside the box and try things that maybe aren't proven yet. Um, and that's what our businesses do now. Um, without the worry of, Hey, if I fail at this, I'm going to get fired. Um, we know that's not what we do. Um, if, if we fail at something and you don't take ownership of it, you're going to be in trouble. But, um, you know, as long as, as, long as we don't do that, we're, we're good. But that, those, uh, Driving nuts, I can't think of their names,
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I know I read it too. I'm sure I know there's two people in it, and I think one of them actually became really, really big in the space. Um, uh, afterwards, um, with other books that he's written too.
1: Yeah, he's he's written the one guy has written like four, and now he's big into e commerce. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, everyone's going there, right? <laughs>
1: right, I, I, you had to make the shift when when COVID did it, hmm. and, and, and that's why it's, it's driving me nuts in the wine industry. Because it's like, I'm driving a lot of
2: traffic to other wineries' websites now from my from my Facebook ads because people don't just kind of come to one winery when they're when they're going out to these wineries. So, so now because because we're becoming so popular, we're we're helping all the other wineries, but I can't get them on board and do the same thing. And So it just sort
0: of drives me nuts. But, you know. You know I, oh, oh, can you uh, move up a little bit? It's hard to hear. <laughs> um, but uh, y- yeah, it, it's all right with that. But. Um, uh, I know I was, I was having a conversation, honestly, with, with my wife, I think it was yesterday. We were talking about how really the only way that you can be successful in terms of e-commerce is you have to take those risks. I yeah. mean, you know, if that, that's what we as business owners, it's how we work, is that um, like, like, like the people that are, are only wanting comfort and they're only wanting, I want predictability of, of basically what a nine to five job is going to take. Well, that's what you got to do. What we do inherently has risk, and it's why people fail. And it's also why um, you have to stick with it when things don't go your way. Um, uh, and, and like I think there was um, there's a book, psycho cybernetics, right, where I heard them talking about basically what you're ta- what you were saying about the idea of of being able to take risk. Because um, the I guess the analogy that they gave is um, is it's like a self direct directing missile. I think is what they're saying. And mm-hmm and all it means is when you're making a mistake is that you you're you're a step closer to the right the right direction um because if you don't ever take off then you're never gonna get where you want to go anyway right, right. you know? um so so i did want to ask you since you're talk, talking about you you read a lot and as someone who's taken it uh 2020 was where i made that transition as well where i read the most i've read i want to ask what's the best book that you've read in the last six months Best book that
1: i've read uh Business-wise, probably The E-Myth Revisited. Um, that was another good one that, that I read. Um, I actually have some conversations amongst some other e-commerce sellers about that work or, or that book specifically uh, lately. Uh, clockwork was good. Uh, I like some of the concepts in 4-Hour Workweek. Um, I don't think a 4-Hour work week is necessarily feasible. Um, but some of the concepts in there about about outsourcing and and what to focus on i've kind of managed to to build a lot of my like the clockwork systems that they talk about in that book and outsource the way that for our work week talks and kind of find a good middle ground
0: yeah very cool i i I know those those i have not i I guess i'm one of the only people in the world that has not read for our work week yet so it's on my reading list but everything else that you talked about about are ones i really really have liked and and I think some of them are even under the reread once a year kind of a category. Yeah,
1: but I, say, I I just uh I I just read reread e Myth um, okay. about a month ago. So yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. yeah, because
1: there there are parts that you you miss out and you you, you realize that you
2: thought about it and then didn't implement anything. Um, so so that yeah, makes it those kind of books are good to reread.
0: Yeah, yeah, and a lot of times just in general when you're talking about business books and and sometimes mindset books too is. Is you're going to be at a different point in your life or your business where, um, like, I I think the same thing happened with me in Think and Grow Rich. I've read it like a few times now, and every time I read it, like, there's a different takeaway I've got from it that's going to help me. Um, So I think it's the thing of those kinds of books you need to reread um, to get something else out of it.
1: Yeah, and and and, you know, the best investment you can make is investing in yourself, and and, and books are an investment in, in you as long as you take something away from them. Um, you know, you can spend all the money on books you want. If you don't read them, it's not going to do you anything. Um, it's just like courses and, and, and stuff like that. I'm, you know, I, have been a consultant for over a decade now and I still take business courses every year, um, because there's, there's something to learn every year. Um, things change, um, strategies change. Maybe there's something in, you know, uh, wine production that, that I don't know about yet. Um, that's happened over the last year or so that I haven't read an article on or hasn't crossed one of my um, my social media pages that I take a look at um, in the industries. Um, you know, but I, I think those are some of the, the the highest ROI things that I do is is take those kind of courses to keep to keep growing, don't get stagnant. Um, that's that's one of my biggest biggest advices to people is just don't get stagnant.
0: Right, oh, big time, like I. I... And that's what I really love about what you're saying too, is like, I think a lot of people in business and like, like, I, I'd even say like, uh, like what the Lee Iacocca is, if you're talking about from a long time ago or, or, or those kinds of people where like you get to a certain level and then you think you're, your crap don't stink kind of thing. And like, right. Um, but like what you're basically saying is, Hey, um, uh, Who's to say what's going to happen in the future? Who's to say that there's going to be this that there's not going to be this next great thing that's going to come along? And I don't know what I don't know, so I'm not going to assume I know everything. It's always about learning, right? And that's the only way to right. progress.
1: Yeah, I mean, just don't take it so far that you end up with shiny objects syndrome and are just taking <laughs> right. courses after courses after courses. Because yeah. um, because I've I've seen it go both ways, where people either don't want to learn anything new or they want to learn everything new. So like any, <laughs> any they see a Facebook ad pop up across their Facebook that they're, they're buying another course. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I had somebody in the e-commerce world that that's known my mentorship program. That was like that. And I had to get them to stop mm-hmm. because they're like, well, you know, the first week we talked, they wanted Amazon. That's fine. We can build out Amazon first. And then I'll talk about all the other things after and like a week later, like, well, I, I read this thing about Shopify. Let's do Shopify. <laughs> and then it was, you know, well, well, let's do, you know, truckloads to eBay. I'm like, man we got to focus one direction first um by all means after you get one direction running do more um i i'm I'm really big on multiple income streams and that everybody should have multiple ways of making money uh, especially with all these online ventures that you can get into um so like tomorrow if my amazon account gets suspended for some unknown reason with amazon (laughs)
2: yeah
1: I'm, i'm not i'm not a up in the water, on I mean, it, you know. You know, I, I can still sell through Shopify, or um, I, mean, I don't sell through Shopify. I sell through my own website, but um, same same concept. You know, we we have multiple sales channels. That's why it's a big reason why I push that is because it does. Yes, it's a risk up front and, and more capital up front, but it, it's a protection on your back backend um, for when you know it. It basically is when something happens with Amazon, because um, Amazon is Amazon, and they make rule changes as they see fit.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and what you talked about with shiny object, shiny object syndrome is, is I've had that. Um, Like I, I I think a lot of people do in general, and especially with, with business owners, you're because your mentality is, Hey, let's, let's learn, let's do everything. Um, And you're trying to learn things. You don't, uh, you don't know and that you've never done before. So yeah, that, that is part of it. But like, I know for me, what really helped was like the idea that, that, yeah, if you have shiny object syndrome, then there's all these great ideas, but you never actually make any real progress. If you're never. like, I'm going from one to two to three to four, versus actually like drilling down and only spending time on on project A until it's to the point that you're talking about E Myth uh, revisited. Like, like now I've got systems and processes, and I'm getting results, and I don't have to do it now. I've got some. I've got a team to do it, and now I can focus on. People,
1: right? Yeah, so that, that's one of the things that I'm I'm starting to see it in in the Amazon e-commerce world big time right now is a lot of people are pushing, well, go get a VA. Don't go learn, go get a VA. <laughs> I hate that. Mm-hmm. But, and don't get me wrong, I have like 17 VAs that work for me now. But learn it, put a syst- Put your own system in place that, and then test your system, make sure your system works and then outsource it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that is how I've been able to build businesses and build business quick is, is by doing it that way. I, I learn it, I write the systems and SOPs in place, and then I outsource it to somebody. Mm-hmm. And then I can build something else and build something on top of it. And, and I have a VA that oversees all of my VAs now because he's been with me, he was, he was the first VA I hired, but he's, he now helps me put these systems in place. And so, so he holds everybody accountable. But if, if you just hire a VA upfront, um, they might know a ton, but it's not your systems. It's somebody else's systems that, that they know it's not the way you're running your business. It's not going to have your little nuances in it. And you're not going to understand everything that's going on. So, so that's my big uh, problem with the way that's going lately.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I know I've seen that. Um, like if we're talking about say Facebook ads or something like, yeah. Oh, how, how do I learn to do that? A lot of people will just say, Oh, well, I'll, 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 I'll outsource it to a VA and they'll handle it. But like, um, I know like one of my mentors, I learned a lot about the e-commerce side from his whole thing was, how are you going to be able to tell if you just outsource it to somebody to do it for you, even if they're doing it, how are you going to be able to say if, if they're doing a good job or not? Like right. you don't know what metrics to watch out for. You don't know like what CTR or c or, or cost per acquisition or any of that kind of stuff is it should be. So like, how can you tell if they're doing a good job? You're just like, Hey, right. Hey, okay, go do it. Bye. And then you're, you're like, well, I don't know if it's, if they suck, right. <laughs> any of that kind of stuff. So yeah, definitely like, it's so much like I know as business owners, we we're busy. It's it's uh, we, we're trying to juggle 5 million things, but take the time to actually create the process yourself. Right.
1: You should build like for your business, you should be building out your systems or, or, or get yourself a an operations manager to build out systems. And but you're you're going to have to pay an operations manager a, a significant salary to, to get a good one to, to, to do that for you. Um, but you know, if you're not comfortable building out systems and you're more comfortable in, in like just marketing or just something like that, you're going to have to hire. And you're going to have to hire somebody with those kind of skills, not just a VA. Yeah,
0: definitely. Um, so so one of the things I, I wanted to ask you as well is, um, obviously we talked about books and then it, it made me think of something else in terms of, and we are talking about basically the important things that need to get done in terms of processes. Um, so there was a book by um, Gary Keller um, called The One Thing. And he talks about, how, like, what's the one thing that you can do today that's going to make everything else um, easier or unnecessary? So I, I usually want to ask people, like, what is that most important thing that you're working on right now?
1: So the most important thing I'm working on right now is building my f- personal Facebook page into a uh, more of a professional Facebook page. Um, that's my newest business venture is into some, some affiliate stuff and, and some social growth, um, organic marketing kind of Kind of things, and I I, I see that that's kind of kind of starting to be the trend. Um, is you know just organic marketing, but I'm I'm a good Facebook ads guy too. Um, so I think if I can put the two of them together, I think I can grow multiple of my businesses together down a down a single path. Um, but and and yeah, you you really do need to focus on your biggest thing. I, I haven't read that book yet, but um, you know me personally, I have um four things five days a week that i i set out at the beginning of my week and those are my my 20 must finish things for the week um you know just four it's just four a day mm-hmm. but but they are they're high level things that i need to get to, to move they're they're all things that move one of my companies in in a in a further direction mm-hmm. they're not just meetings and stuff like that obviously i have those but these are all you know you know like we're launching a a mystery box uh wine funnel um this coming week that that's that's one of my one of my tasks this week for myself is is to launch that funnel um and get it launched It's not perfect yet but 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 fail fast mm-hmm. um you know mystery boxes of wine is something that nobody's doing um, so it's it's one of those things that i i need to get some data back and spend some money to get that data back to see if it fails or not. Uh, or off. I'm
0: sorry, we're breaking up a little bit. Um, but um, uh, as, as you were talking about that, I wanted to ask you as well. Um, so you have those 20 things that you're gonna do this week. how did you arrive at what are the, what are those important things that have to get done? Was it simply from a, this is gonna lead to sales or, or what was your process to figure out those 20 things?
1: It's the, the. It's not necessarily sales. It might just be data, um, you know, or or larger marketing following, or analyze some kind of data point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's they're all objects that that take my company from here and, and move them just a little bit,
2: you
1: mm-hmm. know. And if i do, by, focusing on, um, by focusing on those just twenty things a week it's allowed me to laser focus on those 20 things and like everything else falls into place. I, I do a lot more than 20 things a week, but those are the things that I need to get done. They, they are my must do's. And, and, and it's four a day and that's how it works out. It's four a day, Monday through Friday, four objects a day. And, 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 you know, I, on every Sunday night I sit down and I go through things that I, I know need to get done. And then I fit 20 onto my list for that week. Mm-hmm. Um, if it can wait, to the weight, you know, it's it's worked really well for me (laughs) Mm -hmm. um to to get focused that way and and that's something i picked up from uh uh garrett white Uh, he does the wake up warrior challenge and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um that's that's a that's a concept that he taught um Mm -hmm. and i tell you what implementing that has been one of the the most eye-opening kind of things for me Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um that that yeah i could i could i could do 150 items a week. get them done. But did I did I do 150 items that actually move the needle in my business at all? Or were they just things that had to get done on my to-do list? So now I I focus on 20 that that all have a a needle moving effect where it can take my business to another level and then let the other things fall into place.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah that's that's very similar. Um, obviously we're we're talking about the one thing earlier. They they talk about just from the perspective of it's the only the one thing and that's the thing you prioritize but there's another book on um, ultimate sales machine and they basically that same kind of process you're talking about where they talk about it in the idea of six, but you know I mean, I mean right. um, uh, all, the only real difference here is that you're making like, what is the one? And that's your number one thing. I, I assume then yeah. when you're, when you've got those four things, are those the first four things you do or are you just trying to, to sprinkle them in when you can through it? Just
1: somewhere during that day.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay.
1: So, so I mean, the way I usually do it is I'll knock out two first thing in the morning and two after lunch.
0: Mm-hmm. um uh so uh don't have that much time here but i did want to ask you you brought up the idea like that you're a division one uh baseball player um so uh what's something about you that people may not know
1: i was actually new york state's youngest professional winemaker in 2008 um Good. i got i got into the wine industry at 18 um and was running a, a, a the entire production of a winery uh, 25,000 gallons a year at 18 years old. Wow.
0: So, so how, how'd you get into it at such an age?
1: I was a big time chemistry nerd coming out of high school
0: mm-hmm.
1: and was looking for a part-time job while I went to college. And this winery had a job opening for just guard maintenance and and that kind of stuff. And started working there in about three months in, uh, their winemaker had quit right before I started and I hadn't found one yet. And the GM came in and was like, so you're a chemistry major in college. Can you take a look at this stuff? And it
0: just snowballed. Oh, That's that awesome. Um, well, it, I, I, I don't want to keep you too much longer here, but I, I did want to ask you a question. Um, I asked this of everyone when they're coming on. Um, I was actually a guest on, on a friend's podcast and he brought up this question. So I pretty much stole it and ask everybody this question. Now. Way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to say, like, um, what's your definition of success?
1: My definition of success would be taking where you're at now and moving forward. Um, you know, you can you can define it any way you want. But if, if you make a step in the right direction, that's success to me. You've you you've, you've done more if you try to launch an e-commerce brand you're you're above more than basically everybody right now um you got to take that first step the first step should be your first first success um you will have failures on your way but you know look look at elon musk how many how many failures has he had with tesla and these rockets he hasn't quit um and all he does is make more and more money so (laughs) like anything he touches just just makes money I mean, Dogecoin is basically a, a, a meme coin, and he brought it from nothing to like ten cents a share
0: last last month. So, just because he talked about it, hey, right? <laughs> Very true. Um, so, I wanted to thank you so much, and and uh, it was it was so much fun having you on to hear uh, today to kind of share your story and your your expert uh, insight. So, um, I wanted to ask um, you, how can our listeners find out more about what you're doing?
1: I'll say you can, you can either reach out to me on Facebook at Justin Nortel. Um, you know, I, I, I'm the operations guy at Zonbase as well for any Amazon sellers that are out there. I, I have a mentorship program through them. Um, if you're more into like the MLM affiliate marketing kind of side, um, uh, we have a program called social sales accelerator that, that helps you kind of take your leads and, and, and nurture them through a path um, similar to pepper. If you know what pepper is, um, but much, much cheaper um, $34.99 a month versus like 2.99 a month. Um, so huge difference, but, uh, you can get, you know, hit me up on that. Just hit me up on Facebook. Uh, it's justin.socialsalesaccelerator.app if you want to take a look at, at that program. Um, but otherwise, yeah, just reach out to me on Facebook. I'm super active. It really is me. It's not a VA. I promise. Um, I, I've not outsourced my, 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 my personal Facebook yet. So,
0: um, but yeah. Awesome. And we'll definitely have links for that as well for anyone um, listening today. And thank you again, Justin. And um, thank you for everyone uh, that listened. And we'll talk to you guys next time on Morning Marketing Machine. All right. Bye.
2: Have a good one.